We're going to spend a few minutes in Colossians chapter 1 this morning. We'll go back to the Ten Commandments, those ten words that the Lord gives to the people at the base of Mount Sinai. But if someone were to ask you where you would go in the Bible to think about, to learn about the humanity and deity of Jesus, where would you take them? Where could they go? Uh, Thankfully, all you have to do is point them to chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, John chapter 1, or Hebrews chapter 1. They're all chapter 1s. And this morning we're going to camp for a few minutes on just mind-blowing verses in Colossians chapter 1. Many scholars believe that verses 15 through 20 are a hymn uh, a hymn that's praising Christ, uh, maybe Im- embedded here in Paul's letter to the church in Colossia, and whether he wrote the words of this hymn or took them and modified them here, we're not exactly sure. But they, they fit in this letter so very um, just poetically conveying uh, the nature of Christ. Um, the church had really fallen prey to doctrinal error uh, during this time. We don't, we don't know for certain what type of false teaching um, Paul has in mind here what he's addressing. Uh, but we do know that many believe that circumcision was absolutely necessary to be saved. Uh, that some type of other experience, some mystical experience uh, was necessary in order to appreciate the fullness of God. And uh, So Paul is addressing this. Um, but because of this, Christ's supremacy over all things, that that begins to be in question. Um, The Apostle provides a church for all time, a proclamation of Christ's supremacy, His sufficiency over all things. So um, I'm going to read the five verses here as we look at the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus. Uh, The Creator of all things, He's the Sustainer of all things, and He is uh, the Redeemer of all things. Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer here in Colossians 1. Beginning at verse 15. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. This is God's Word. Let's pray together. Father, as we approach and stand upon Your Word this morning, like a seed that goes into the ground and takes root and bears fruit, we pray that Your Word would do the same in our hearts and in our lives. That it would take root. That it would bear fruit in ways that we cannot even anticipate in this moment. Because You are working Your Word to perform it and it will accomplish the purpose for which You've given it. Lord, as we read these verses, we are in awe at Jesus. We are in awe on who Jesus is. The one in whose name we can approach your throne humbly and boldly and confidently as our creator, our king, our sustainer, and our redeemer. Lord, may our 
our faith deepen. May our love for Jesus to be ignited, grow, as we consider this word this morning. Help us, we ask, in His name. Amen. So in the opening of these verses, of this hymn, Jesus is described as the image of the invisible God. So there's no distinction between the nature of God, all of His attributes, His character, and Jesus Christ. Jesus is the visible embodiment of the invisible God. And we mentioned last week that only God has the copyrights. Only God can make His image. He's made us in His image. Genesis chapter 1. Then Paul says in Romans that Jesus is the second Adam. He's the ideal and perfect image bearer. And as the visible member of the triune God, um, Jesus is the only begotten Son. The firstborn of all creation. And by firstborn here, the Apostle is not just making reference to his birth order. But really the significance of that birth order. The firstborn child of the family during this time. And some would argue that the firstborn child today still holds this place of, of honor and prominence in the family. The child is given authority, responsibility for for the family, um, given a larger inheritance to help take care of the family, take care of the property. Um, so Jesus, as the firstborn of all creation, He's the responsible agent. The supreme authority over this creation. And yes, it's all this creation. All that we can see, hear, touch, smell, but in case there's any doubt, Paul then he begins to describe the invisible realm. He wants to leave no doubt that Christ reigns over everything that exists. That He is the ultimate master, the ultimate ruler. I remember standing on the, the peak of, um, it's called Eagle's Peak, it's right near the academy in Colorado Springs. And if you look to the, the southeast, you can see all of Colorado Springs. You look to the northeast, you can see Castle Rock out towards Denver. And if you look towards the, the northwest, you start to see the snow-covered peaks of, of the, the mountains, of the Rockies. And I can remember standing up there and thinking things like, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. Look at what, what God has made in this. And standing up there, those are things going through my mind, not things like, you know, that mountain's a little out of place. Or this, this little flat over here, and it gets pretty flat in Colorado as soon as you get over that you know, front range. How about a little more color over here, Lord? That's not what I'm thinking, standing on the top of Eagle's Peak. Oh. Thinking, praise the Lord and His majesty. Look at what He's made. I was just driving in this morning, you know, the sun glistening off the trees, which are actually starting to change color in Arkansas. It's beautiful. I had the same thing as I'm standing by my wife holding this little child for the first time in the hospital, and I'm not thinking, you know, the nose could have been a little bit more this, this way. <laughs> Or the mouth shape just a little different. I'm thinking, this is, this is amazing. Look what God has fashioned in the womb. Just for our family. For His glory. Praise the Lord! So what does it mean? All things exist because of Jesus. All things exist for Jesus. The heavens declare what? His glory. The skies proclaim what? 
Yes, the works of his hands. He's the point. He's the one who claims all of our attention, all of our praise. We, we can get sidetracked from this, right? We start looking at the created things. We start looking at this stuff and get distracted from it. Our attention can be diverted maybe to the great, great things that man has invented. Flying machines that are flying right now, not too far away from us. And we can sort of fixated on that. Diverted from the source of all that's good, of all that is admirable, inspiring. God, God's created this world and placed us here that we might enjoy Him. We might praise Him. Whether it's standing on a mountain peak or holding a newborn baby or watching the leaves change color or smelling the, the rain in spring. Or maybe just laugh when the dog falls off the couch or something like that. God delights in this. We worship Him. We thank God for what He has made good in our lives. And as we embrace that truth, that there is nothing outside the rule of Christ, all things created by Him, all things created for Him, we grow in our desire to submit, to see His Lordship in all things. And our ability to do this grows. You may remember some of those science experiments. Maybe you did science class. or But you had to have just the right conditions, just the right amount of heat, just the right amount of cold. Remember taking a little styrofoam cup, you put the bean in there, you know, and you put the... the paper towel, you set it on the, the windowsill with just the right amount of moisture and, and sunshine so that little root would... We're actually doing this in our house right now with avocado seeds. And we got a big, big root and the sprout is starting to grow out of the little, out of the little cup. Um, but you need just the right conditions. And Paul tells us that Jesus is the right and only sufficient condition that holds everything together. Jesus is the sustainer of all that He's made. We've established He's the Creator, but He sustains it all. This is verse 17, part of verse 18. So nothing in this created order that we're seeing, that we're celebrating, that we're praising Him for, would work or continue apart from His attention. Okay, that the planets continue to orbit. We're continuing to spin on planet Earth. Gravity is still an effective force. You're hearing my voice because the vocal cords are working and sound waves are, are traveling because of Christ. In the order of His creation, Jesus holds this all together. So it's not some idea, not just some virtue or concept or feeling. Paul's reminding the church here, reminding us all this morning, created order only makes sense when Jesus is kept at the very center of it. He's the sufficient condition. Not just the existence, but for the function of all things. And I include part of verse 18 here as well, where it says Christ is the head of the church. So Jesus personally connected, governing His body. He's the control center for His church. So the church finds its life only in Christ, who governs it and receives its praise. And what the Spirit says through Paul here is the body of Christ, the church, all of its membership represents this new creation. So Jesus supreme, sufficient Lord over all creation in the, in the old sense, all that has been made, all that has been corrupted by sin, 
but he's also Lord over the new order. New creation that, that he has begun, inaugurated through his death and his resurrection. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul says, He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus is the sustainer, the only source of life for the church. The Colossian church is drifting away into an, an area of thought that you know, real spiritual experience can be found in other places outside of Jesus. So we need to consider how often we're tempted to add to the sufficiency of Christ. The sufficiency of the gospel that we've already heard repeated this morning. You know, sometimes we do think that you know, true spiritual fulfillment will require certain disciplines, it requires a certain amount of participation in the church, a certain commitment, sacrifices, in order to have this spiritual satisfaction and completeness. But as, as we, when we fail to comprehend the grace of God in Christ, yeah. We either give up on those things or we tend to get really religious and focused on those things. Friends, our spiritual identity and hope is in Christ. It comes from one thing, just the finished work of Jesus on our behalf. It doesn't throw out the disciplines or participation or commitment, but it rather enables those things. The grace of God in Christ is a sufficient condition for your life and the and for your faith, what motivates you to holiness? We love because He loves us. We serve because He has served us. We give because He has given for us. We commit because He commits to us. We pray because He intercedes for us. Jesus is supreme, sufficient in the lives of His people. So we see Christ as creator, sustainer, finally, redeemer of all things. This is verse 20. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. God's intention is to restore all things under the rule of Christ. All things that have been broken, stained by sin, will be healed. Peace will be restored but only through the shed blood of the Redeemer. And this peace, the shalom of God, it includes everything. Uh, my wife has tried recently uh, dyeing a shirt, a shirt she really likes, hasn't worn um, for a long time, because it didn't fit quite well, but she found a pattern that she could cut it and mend it and get it fitting, and then so she took this white shirt, and now it's a, a crimson wine, kind of a deep wine color. But she reclaimed this thing, restored it so that she could enjoy it, so she could wear it again. For Jesus to reconcile to Himself all things, this is a cosmic ordeal. Not only the fellowship between God and rebellious humanity is restored, but the rest of the universe is reclaimed, restored according to God's purpose. So as image bearers of God, members of the body of Christ, or to be agents of, of peace, looking for those re redeeming qualities, affirming them in the world around us, affirming the way things are supposed to be. 
in our relationships with each other, in our relationship to those outside of the circles we're comfortable with, we're to affirm what brings peace. So here's, here's the thrust of Paul's message. Jesus Christ is the indisputable Lord of the universe. And His Lordship extends to everything He's made and the operation of those things. But His Lordship is also, it's also intentional. They just make it, let it go, see what happens. Christ took the role of suffering servant, entered in for the purpose of restoration and healing all that is broken in His world. I mean, that's intentional. That's personal. That's love on the part of one who is Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer. So if you're sitting here this morning, you've not yet submitted your life to the Lordship of Christ over everything, everything you can see, hear, touch, everything that you can't. And I plead with you this morning to stop living in that myth. Stop living in a myth that you are in ultimate control of your destiny. The myth that you can know and experience all that is important just with your senses. The myth, maybe that you're a member of the right family, or your kids have the right education, or you go to the right church, that will surely be good enough when you stand before the Lord. Embrace, believe from the heart the good news that Christ has come, that He is Lord. Only in Christ, His life, His death, His resurrection on your behalf that you can have hope for the rest of this day and for tomorrow. For those of you who are leaning upon Christ alone as your hope for today, for tomorrow, let me encourage you with this peace. Creator, Sustainer, Redeemer, He is holding you in the grip of His hand. He has placed you among His beloved. Be captivated by His love. Be captivated by His love. It's the only remedy for complacency and apathy on this journey of faith. We are the bride of Christ. We serve the One who is supreme over all things. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do exalt You as King. The Creator, the Sustainer of all that You've made. You are the only Redeemer of Your world. And Lord, we praise You as a name above all names. For Your grace, for Your infinite mercy shown to us, Your people. Lord, be magnified in our midst this morning. Be magnified in our attitudes and our actions this week. As we go about this mission of affirming all that You have made good. That You are making beautiful. The work of Your Son. We pray this in His name and for His glory alone. Amen.